0: glad you are joining us again for Texas Ag
1: Today, as we're well into the first week of 2021. I'm Carrie Martin, along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas, out to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos, and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley.
2: We produce a wide variety of agriculture commodities in the Texas High Plains. And for those commodities, the price forecast is looking encouraging for pretty much all of them right now. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today.
3: La Nina weather pattern to continue in Texas in January. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas
1: Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus the latest news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The 2020 crop year held a lot of surprises for Texas corn farmers. The corn market wrapped up 2020 with a bang, with prices at six-year highs. But those higher prices came late in the year, and in some cases, too late for farmers who had already priced their 2020 crop. And, of course, there was the drought. But it didn't necessarily spell doom for everyone. Wes Beal with Equity Exchange in Perryton says yields in his corner of the panhandle did come in a little lower than expected. 15%,
2: 15%, maybe 18% across the territory decline from what we were expecting. If we are expecting 230, we saw somewhere in the 205 to 210 range. So not a disaster by any stretch of the imagination, but certainly not what we are expecting from a yield standpoint. And not every field was that way. There were some very, very high-yielding corn. but There's also some 150s and 160s. It was kind of disappointing.
1: Beal says the late-year rise in corn prices may have also helped some farmers who sell corn siloes to dairies and feedlots cotton exports were a bright spot in 2020 and that has helped boost cotton prices to near 80 cents Texas A&M cotton marketing specialist John Robinson says we can thank China for that
3: really since last uh, spring there has been some massive buying on the part of China but it's not Chinese textile mills not until recently It's been the Chinese government has been taking the opportunity of lower prices to replenish their inventory in their
0: government strategic reserve.
1: Robinson says he does not expect prices to stay in the high 70s for long, thinking the low 70s are more likely. It's a new year with a new weather forecast. Tom Nicoletti visits with a Fort Worth meteorologist about what the weather forecast holds for January. For
3: today's program, we go to Fort Worth and catch up with uh, National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw. And Tom, here we are, the beginning of a new year, 2021. Uh, We're going to uh, first, though, recap the last month of 2020, December, and uh, what took place weather-wise in the state.
4: Well, it's good to talk with you again, Tom. And um, as we've, it's Turning into a bit of a broken record, as we talked about the last several months, the month of December was actually a very dry month across the state of Texas, very large swaths of Of central and western Texas experienced uh, well below normal rainfall totals during the month of December. Some areas received virtually no rainfall across the far western parts of the state, the far southern parts of the state. Even areas across the southeast and the east central parts of the state really experienced only amounts generally on the order of just a couple of inches. That's about 75% to a to 90% of normal. So we're really hurting rainfall wise across the state of Texas right now. That's obviously reflected in the drought monitor uh, of extreme drought across the area.
3: And from the standpoint of uh, some statistics from the National Integrated Drought Information System, 17,600,000 residents uh, living in Texas which is about 70% of the state's population, uh, are currently uh, experiencing those drought conditions across uh, the state. So here we are in January, the first full month of winter. What's the forecast uh, precipitation-wise and and temperature-wise for the state?
4: Well, I wish I could give some better news, but it looks like the uh, La Nina pattern, which has been... um um, holding Texas in a very strong grip for the past several months is going to continue through the first part of the 2021. So, as far as weather expected for the month of January across the state, we do expect another round of, of below normal uh, precipitation across most of Texas, as well as above normal uh, uh, temperatures. That doesn't mean we won't have a little out breathe outbreaks of colder air, which is what you normally expect during the month of January, it just means when you average the temperatures across the whole month, of the, uh, all of the month, uh, we're generally going to have temperatures above normal across most of the state. So uh, fewer, fewer cold air outbreaks, uh, fewer wet uh, winter, uh, winter precipitation um, events than we normally might expect for the month of January.
3: So, people would need to look uh, further north if they want to uh, experience any type of uh, measurable snowfall in January because that probably will not occur in Texas.
4: By and large, it doesn't mean we won't see any snow. It's almost impossible to avoid snow completely out in the western and northern counties of uh, the state of Texas. It just means that any snow that we get will probably be uh, sharply reduced from what we normally see for, for the month of January. And again, Um, good parts of the state will, will most likely see no winter precipitation whatsoever.
3: That is National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw joining us today from Fort Worth. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: With the new year underway, farmers and livestock producers in the Texas High Plains are hearing some optimism on the economics of commodities produced
2: there. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. I had a conversation a few days ago with Justin Benavidez, the Texas A&M AgriLife economist who offices in Amarillo. I asked him, will producers in our area be able to make money this year?
4: I think the answer to that is producers in the high plains will definitely make more money this year than we have for the last two to three. And I certainly think the opportunity is there to be profitable this year.
2: So that's encouraging to hear and you would have to think better commodity prices must be a key component of such a forecast and that is the case. Here's some examples of what Dr. Benavidez says AgriLife is looking for when it comes to season average farm prices in our region for this year.
4: We've got 70 cent cotton for 2021. We've got about $225 dollar cotton seed per ton, grain sorghum is sitting at about a 20 to 30 cent premium over corn and corn is sitting right there at about 420 to 430 a bushel. So higher prices, definitely almost by a dollar in some cases than what we saw in 2020.
2: And Dr. Benavidez says AgriLife also anticipates improvement in cattle prices with, for example, the outlook calling for average annual prices of $155 per weight for five-weight steers and $142 for 750-pound stockers. Coming up later this week in future installments of our report, we'll hear from Dr. Benavidez on what's at play in the markets to suggest these stronger prices. But for now, I can say for both grains and cattle, tighter supplies are a big factor. We'll also hear from Dr. Benavidez on why agriculture producers in the Texas High Plains need to be preparing to make decisions fairly soon on various government programs. In Amarillo, James Hunt for the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.
1: 2021 may turn out to be an unusual year for U.S. wheat growers. Gary Crawford reports from Washington.
5: It seems that each year the nation's wheat growers cut back on planting wheat, prices just not high enough to justify more acres. 2020 is all wheat acreage at 44.3 million acres, the lowest on record, with records going back over 100 years. However, for 2021, we have wheat acres expected to uh, pick up almost 2 million acres next year. USDA's chief economist Rob Johansson, he says that's what happens when prices rise to a certain level and they certainly have. Kansas City wheat running above uh, the last two years, we've got hard red cash
3: prices over 650 a bushel right now and Futures
5: prices at, you know, at the high fives per bushel. The price hike's partly due to weather and production problems in several wheat-growing competitive countries. Johansson says U.S. wheat acreage this next season will likely expand by about 1.7 million acres to 46 million. Gary Crawford reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture.
6: Are you interested in helping Texas youth learn how to hunt? I'm Jessica Domal and I have details on how you can volunteer coming up on Texas Ag Today.
1: And we just wrapped up a tough, dry year for agriculture in West Texas. Tom Nicoletti has a look back coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
0: We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. 2020 was a tough year for agriculture
1: on the southern plains of Texas. Tom Nicoletti reflects back with a Lubbock area
3: farmer. We go to Eddie Griffiths now in the South Plains of Texas, and uh, Eddie, a lot of things have happened uh, in 2020. We've moved into 2021. Let's get a quick recap of uh, agriculture uh, there in West Texas uh, for the year of 2020.
7: Probably of 2020, Tom, it would be that the yield for half, whether that be cotton, grain, whatever across the uh, South Plains, about half of the production that we normally see on a 10-year average normal year. As we go into 2021, producers are going to be looking forward to hopefully getting those yields back to a substantial level that will be beneficial to their production in 2021 and also to their bottom line the big news coming out of 2020 especially on the cotton side of the equation is that yields were about half of what they normally are and you can usually count on that yeah
3: and that yield was down uh, substantially because of uh, the drought that has occurred in in many parts of texas and including there in west texas as uh, we are uh, now into uh, january and uh, it's still dry out there isn't it
7: you know talk about transitioning from 2020 to 2021 it's pretty much the same scenario we're sitting here looking at the moisture profile and it's still limited as far as moisture is concerned and able to get that deep moisture in there we're going to need some substantial rainfall in the next few months just to be able to get a good start in the spring.
3: Spring is still a few months away. We're in the middle of winter, but uh, yet uh, farmers uh, and ranchers uh, there in West Texas uh, uh, need to be optimistic as they look forward to uh, the next uh, growing season, the next uh, grazing season.
7: The only thing you can be is optimistic just because hopefully there's going to be more rainfall and and we will get that moisture profile built up. The prices are not exactly where most producers will watch them, especially on the the cotton side of things, but moisture is going to be the main concern. You're seeing lots of wheat and and small grains go in, and I think that's just an effort to try to figure out what exactly you're going to plant in the coming year. You know, if you're going to take a lot of the wheat to harvest or use it for cover, it's just going to be a matter of, of what commodity prices are going to be and how much moisture we receive from now until planting time.
3: All right, Eddie, thanks a lot. Thank you, Tom. That again is Eddie Griffiths reporting today for us from West Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio
1: Network. At least 50 to 75 percent of a performance horse's ration should be forage. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more.
5: And lots of folks feed lots of concentrates to performance horses, and although concentrates are needed in some horses, it is important to remember that the basis of all equine diets should be forage. Dr. Krishona Martinson and Kerry Williams from Rutgers University indicated at the AAEP convention that a performance horse is one that is ridden with an elevated heart rate of over 90 beats per minute for over three hours per week. An 1,100-pound horse that is involved in this activity requires about 30 megacalories of energy, while a horse that is idle in the pasture only requires about 15 megacalories, or half the amount. Most well-managed pastures can meet the nutritional needs of horses with moderate exercise if they consume 1.5 to 3% of their body weight in grass per day. That is 15 to 30 pounds of grass for a 1,000-pound horse. Certainly, the quality of the pasture matters. But even horses in heavy work can meet their nutritional needs if they can graze 15 hours per day to get this amount of grass. Many performance horses do not get that much pasture turnout, and that's the reason concentrates must be added. The only other ingredient that should be added to horses on pasture is salt, as forage is deficient in sodium, so adding electrolytes or just table salt will usually solve this issue. As far as hay, the hay should be less than 15% moisture and have less than 5,000 colony farming units of mold per gram. Alfalfa has double the amount of protein as grass hay, so the horse would only have to eat half as much to get the same amount of protein. In most cases, unless your horse has worked hard, you can analyze the hay or pasture first and then add supplements only if necessary. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. If you're
1: interested in helping Texas youth learn how to hunt, Jessica Dommel tells how you can volunteer in today's wildlife report.
6: If one of your New Year's resolutions is to give back to your community or spend more time outdoors, you are in luck. The Texas Youth Hunting Program continues to give inexperienced and new hunters in Texas an opportunity to hunt thanks to the help of volunteers. Program Director Chris Mitchell says if you're interested in volunteering on a youth hunt, drop him a line.
3: The best thing to do is to email myself or one of the other three staff that we have around the state, and we'll get them set up to either help guide or maybe become a hunt master, whatever they want to do, or cook. We have all kinds of volunteer opportunities.
6: Landowners who are willing to allow a hunt on their property are also encouraged to email one of the TYHP staff. The Texas Wildlife Association and the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department developed the Texas Youth Hunting Program in response to a declining number of youth hunters. The Texas Youth Hunting Program provides a safe, educational outdoor experience for Texas youth while also instilling an appreciation for Texas wildlife and the valuable role private landowners and hunters play in wildlife conservation. To apply for a hunt, visit the TYHP website.
3: It is tyhp.org. You scroll down till you see that calendar. Click on those weekends that are interesting to you, and it'll take you to a form. You can apply to as many hunts as you like. If you've never hunted with us, you'll have priority for selection, and we'll contact you if you're selected.
6: Again, the website with TYHP staff information to volunteer and the calendar to apply for a hunt is tyhp.org. That's T-Y-H-P dot O-R-G. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domal.
1: Well, the first trading day of 2021 was not a pretty one for the cattle market. We saw massive losses in both live and feeder cattle futures across the board. However, the cotton market traded well into the 80-cent range. We'll take a look back at all of our livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today.
2: We're back looking at another lopsided matchup, Jim. Today we have a combine taking on a train. Yeah, that heavy train is about a
5: thousand
1: times heavier than the combine. No competition there. Right, especially given that it'll take at least a
2: mile to stop that train. That's 18 football fields.
1: It's no contest. Every day people are injured or killed trying to beat a train at rail crossings. See tracks? Think train. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver.
0: The first trading day
1: of 2021 was not a pretty one for the cattle market. We saw big losses across the board in live and feeder cattle futures. It seems the big reason was because of the big run up in corn prices we've seen over the last couple of weeks. During the last two weeks of 2020, corn prices posted gains for nearly 14 days in a row, and the nearby corn contract is into the 480 range right now. It seems like that finally caught up to the cattle market market and put pressure especially on feeders. We ended up closing with February live cattle down 272 at 11230, $1, April live cattle down $3 11625, $1, the June down 212 11257. $1, Bigger losses in the feeder market. January feeder cattle down $4 13495, March feeders down 420 13602, the April down 372 closing at 13805. Cash fed cattle trade at a standstill as we typically see on a Monday. Looks like the show lists are going to be higher in all of our major cattle feeding states this week. Last week, we wrapped up selling fed cattle at 112 on a live basis. That's $2 higher than the previous week. Boxed beef prices higher. Choice up $267. At $2. 212 dollars the select up $1.78, $1. $196.75. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs put in a higher close Monday. February hogs up 95 cents, 71.22. The April up $1.37, 73.62. Class 3 milk was lower. January milk down 37, 15.43.100. The February contract down 41 at 17.08. The cotton market kicked off the year with a bang. We saw several of our contracts trade above the 80-cent mark on Monday. The July ended up being the only one that settled above 80 cents, but the other, especially nearby contracts, very close to that 80-cent level. March cotton up 85 points, 78.97. May cotton up 99 at 79.69. December cotton up 54 points, 75. The wheat market was mixed, with hard wheat lower, soft wheat closing higher. July Kansas City wheat down two and a quarter, six oh five a bushel. July Chicago wheat up one and a half, six twenty nine and three quarters. Well, Monday finally ended that big fourteen-day streak that we mentioned earlier in the corn market. We closed narrowly mixed, with March corn down a quarter penny, four eighty three and three quarters. September corn up 3 quarters, 447 and a quarter, the December contract down a quarter penny, 434 and a half. In the energy markets, February natural gas up 4 cents, 258, February crude oil down a dollar, 47.52 a barrel. The financial markets lower with the Dow Jones Industrial Average down 478 at 30,128. The NASDAQ down 207, 12,681. The S&P 500 down 63 at 3,692. Well, I hope you're having a great first week here of 2021. Remember, we'll be right back here tomorrow to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. Hope to see you then. I'm Kerry Martin, and this is
0: Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today.